Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you all for joining us here at Beautiful Shades of Grace for Bible study. I'm just the most thrilled person in Kingsport, Tennessee, to be here with you all today, and it's a real privilege. We have a lovely, sunshiny day, and it's a joy to be here. We have one more reason together in Jesus' name. It's, uh, uh, it's just really a lovely, lovely day, and I'm thrilled to be with you. Uh, I'm sorry Pastor Regina is not here, and uh, on many, many occasions when I have encountered Pastor Regina, she has asked me to sing especially for her the unclouded day. And what a, what a joyful message the unclouded day is um, because uh, uh, I love the, 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 the story. Uh, they tell me of a home far beyond the skies. They tell me of a home far away. They tell me of a home where no storm cloud rise, oh, the unclouded day. And don't you just love it when it gets down to, oh, they tell me that he smiles on his children there and his smile drives their sorrows away, and they all, uh, there are no more tears to come again in that lovely, lovely, unclouded day. Pastor Gina, one of her favorites. Oh, they tell me of a home far beyond the sky. Oh, they tell me of a home far away. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. Oh, the land of an unclouded day. Oh, the land of the unclouded day. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. They tell me of a home where my friends have gone. Oh, they tell me of a home far away where the tree of life's in eternal bloom sheds its fragrance o'er the unclouded day. Oh, the land of cloudless day. Oh, unclouded day oh they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise oh they tell me of an unclouded day oh they tell me that he smiles on his children there and his smile drives their sorrows away and they tell me that no tears ever come again in that lovely land of unclouded day. Oh, the land of cloudless sky. Oh, the land of the unclouded day. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an unclouded day. Now, 
I heard several lovely voices singing, and uh, uh, the reason I gave these pens out is it has my email and cell phone number on it, and so if there's anything you all need, feel free to let me know. Uh, if you need something, I'll talk to Pastor Will. He'll talk to Jimmy. Jimmy will talk to Steve. You know how it works around here. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Uh, but um, uh, with all these lovely voices singing here now, we're we're going to have a we're going to have a, a Christmas program here Friday night live on December 15th. So if any of y'all need a ride here, seven o'clock on December 15th, be sure and let me know, and we'll we'll have somebody come get you if you need a ride here for for our for our live Christmas uh, live Friday night live music. And of course, since we have such lovely singing voices, you all better be prepared for at least go tell it on the mountain. I mean, you know, everybody knows go tell it on the mountain. So we got to have some got to have some group singing here. Um, the, um, we, we've been studying the Gospel of John, and, and isn't Bible study fun because we can really just dissect every word as we go, and, and we, can, uh, we can really take a look, and we've got time to dig in. And um, uh, we, we, we just got through feeding the 5,000 in John 6, and we're about a third of the way through the Gospel of John. And, and just as a brief reminder, um, what, what's the purpose of the Gospel of John? What, what's, what, who is John and what's he telling us? And let's back up and look at the big picture just for a minute. And then we're going to dig right into chapter 7 here in a minute. But uh, John was the son of Salome and Zebedee. He was a fisherman. He was a brother of James. He, he was a follower of John the Baptist. Uh, he was one of the 12 apostles. He was the beloved disciple of Jesus, and Jesus committed his mother's care to, to John, the one he loved. The, the Gospel of John has no parables. It has seven miracles. Jesus converts the water to wine, heals the official son, the healing of the invalid at the pool of Bethesda. We spent a long time talking about that, feeding the 5,000, walking on the water. And... Uh, the, 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 the Gospel of John gives us some of the most beautiful uh, words of Jesus uh, in translation in the King James Version. Many of those Bible verses that we all know and love that ring bells in our head, the words of Jesus come right out of John. Um, and so the, the, God, the, 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 the Gospel of John stresses Jesus' words. And in the Gospel of John, there's the seven I am's. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. Uh, I am the door for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. Before Abraham was, I am. The I am's of John. John, uh, the Gospel of John tells us a lot about who Jesus is not just who he was, but who he is. And the Gospel of John tells us about who Jesus was to the wedding guests, uh, who, who, who Jesus was to the Jews. Uh, he tells us about the, the followers of John the Baptist. Um, and he tells about who Jesus was to the Samaritans and who Jesus was to the Galileans. And John teaches us about the rejection 
uh, by the Jews and the unbelief uh, of the Jews. So uh, there's just a, a lot of information packed into John, the Gospel of John, and I'm just uh, really happy to dig into it with you. So uh, for those of you who have your Bibles with you, the Gospel of John, chapter 7, and I'm reading now from the King James Version, but looking over at the message uh, uh, also. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought to kill him. So already he can't be walking among the Jews. We, we already know they're, 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 they desire to, to kill Jesus. Now, in verse 2, the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. Now, that's an important uh, time for the Jews. It's uh, taught in Leviticus uh, 23, 34. The Feast of the Tabernacles was the Sukkoret. It was the fall harvest. It was the time they commemorated uh, spending uh, those, those years uh, in the desert, 40 years in the desert, um, and being relieved in the manna from heaven. So it's an important feast, a fall harvest, uh, and um, an important time one of three times a year that the Jews gathered in Jerusalem. In verse 3, His brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that, that thou doest. So the brothers are trying to push the idea of getting Jesus to take his dog and pony show and show people off a little bit. And of course we know he's not, not going to do that yet or at all. Um, for there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seek, seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. Well, the brethren are trying to get him to show he's not ready to do that. Uh, neither did his brethren believe in him. They really weren't fully acceptant of, of uh, what his mission was. In verse 6, Jesus says unto them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. So Jesus is not ready to uh, do more miracles or to, to teach further right then. The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it that the works there are are evil. So Jesus is preaching. He's, he's announcing that there is evil. Go ye up to the feast. I go not up unto the feast, for my time is not yet come. So when he'd said these words, he abode still in Galilee. But when his brethren were gone up, then he went up also unto the feast, not openly, but in secret. So he's going to sneak in to the feast and kind of see what's going on and Mid-feast, he's going he's gonna to teach, but he's not, not ready yet. In 11, then the Jews sought him at the feast, and they said, where is he? They're already looking for him. And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him, for some said, he is a good man, and others said, nay, he deceives the people. Already a divided opinion. Howbeit no man spake openly of him for fear of the Jews. 
Verse 14, now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up to the temple and taught. So, so he goes to the temple and he teaches. Now when, it, when, when, when the Gospel of John says the word temple, this is Herod's temple. It was the second temple. Come in, join us. How are you today? Um, so it's the second temple, uh, and, it, and, and Jesus is teaching in the temple. And the Jews marvel, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. So this is an opportunity for Jesus to tell us why he's here, how he got here, uh, who, who sent him, how did he get here. The, uh, uh, it, it's interesting because I've, I've been, been a lot of places in, in several countries doing mission work, and one of the most common questions that I get is, who sent you? How did you get here? Uh, what, what are you doing here? And so they're asking Jesus, uh, uh, who sent him? If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. And so he's, he's making the point here that he's from God, that he is God, and that he's not just speaking as an individual. In 18, he that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Isn't that interesting about uh, people that we know and that we encounter that, that are talking about themselves all the time and just it's all, all their stories about them. It's, it's narcissism, it's all about me, here's what I think, here's what I want. Here's here's what here's what I think, and um, it's um, uh, it's a, it's a message that we get that that Jesus makes very plain uh, that he is bringing the message from our heavenly Father, and that he's not just talking uh, out of his own thoughts without the higher connection. In 19, did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keepeth the law? Why go ye about to kill me? So he, he refers to uh, the Old Testament. Uh, he's, he's saying you follow the law of Moses, but he's saying also you don't keep that. And why do you want to kill me? The people answered and said, thou hast a devil who goeth about to kill thee. Jesus answered and said unto them, I have done one work, and ye all marvel. He's pointing out that how much they like the idea of seeing uh, miracles, uh, and, and they see one miracle, and they marvel at it. Moses therefore gave unto you circumcision, and ye on the Sabbath day circumcise a man. Again, work on the Sabbath, perhaps. If a man on the Sabbath day receives circumcision that the law of Moses should not be broken, are ye angry at me because I have made a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day, curing the sick on the Sabbath day? 
Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Then said some of them of Jerusalem, Is not this he whom they seek to kill? But lo, he speaketh boldly, and they say nothing unto him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is the very Christ? So over and over we have the opportunity of finding out who Jesus really is. We're, we're told, we're told, we're told repeatedly. This is the very Christ. And in 27, how be it we know this man whence he is, but when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught. And this is, is one of the times uh, where, and down in verse 37, it's going to come up again, but it doesn't say that Jesus whispered or that he spoke. It says he cried. Jesus cried in the temple as he taught, and I assume that that means a loud, forceful voice that gets your attention. Ye both know me, and ye know whence I am, and I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom ye know not. But I know him, for I am from him, and he hath sent me. We've talked in prior weeks about all of us perhaps being C students at times that we need to hear repetition and that repetition sticks with us and this is repetition. You know me and whence I am and he that sent me and I know him. I am from him, he has sent me. The, you know, you, you, the, the great theologians and great thinkers have thought about who Jesus is and they try to write books about that sort of thing but if you just stick right with the word it's it's uh, it's very straightforward then they sought to take him in verse 30 but no man laid high eyes on him because his hour had not yet come and many of the people believed on him and said when Christ cometh will he do more miracles than these which these, this man hath done. So they're looking at uh, what miracles they've seen. They're looking at, at, will there be more miracles? Is somebody else gonna come and do more miracles than this? It's a question. Um, the Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him. The Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. Now, we all know that the Pharisees were the students of the law, and so the Pharisees were the ones who really had a job to uphold. And you know, we, we, in life, we, we kind of have some respect for people that are upholding a job. If it's a teacher or a policeman or a preacher or whoever's doing a job, they, they have a job to uphold. The Pharisees are doing their job they're trying to uphold the law, but they're also not understanding who Jesus is, why he has come, that he is the Messiah. They're, they're missing it all while they uphold the law they're trained to uphold. And uh, trying to have him arrested is what they're trying to do because they, 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 they're upset 
he's rattling their cage. He's making waves on their water. He's, he's making trouble for them because the people are going to come back to the Pharisees and say, what's, what's going on here? Who is this person? Explain it to us. The Pharisees will be expected to make an explanation, perhaps a defense. It's easier to arrest him than it is to explain him. Um, the, um, Jesus said unto them in verse 33, Yet a little while I am with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. Ye shall seek me, and, I sh and ye shall not find me, and where I am, thither ye cannot come. Again, Jesus is explaining in his own words here uh, that he will, he will go, uh, and they can look for him, but that they will not find him. Then said the Jews among themselves, whither will he go that we cannot find him? Will he go unto the dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles? The, th this is important because th they're asking a question about the dispersed Gentiles, but this is how Christianity gets spread all over the known world. This, this spreading of the people is the spreading of the word. And yes, uh, he'll teach the Gentiles. What manner of saying is this that he said, ye shall seek me and shall not find me and where I am thither ye cannot come. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, emphasize cried saying if any man thirst let him come unto me and drink he that believeth on me as the scripture hath, has said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water now this has a lot of meaning to it for for one thing it is thought that at the feast of the tabernacles one of the things that they were celebrating was water because water was so scarce and so important to the crops and they're celebrating the putting up of the crops and um, uh, it's uh, 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 an, an important real life part of the Feast of the Tabernacles is water and so Jesus uses this comparison of water as something that they will understand. Um, and. Uh, and this, uh, this uh, flowing rivers of living water, well, the living water we're already familiar with, it's the spirit, uh, the, the life-giving, life-everlasting water. So uh, Jesus, one more time, is telling us, he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow the rivers of living water. So not only do we have spirit for ourselves, we have spirit to share. It's flowing. It's immense. There's lots of it. There's enough for everybody. Um, the, uh, I took one of my little nephews to Myrtle Beach one time, and he'd never been to the beach, and he walked out on Myrtle Beach, and he said, there's enough for everybody, you know. Uh, we, we, we out, of, out of the mouths of babes uh, comes come great wisdom. There's enough for everybody.
Um, and in verse 39, but this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost had not yet been given, because that Jesus had not been glorified. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, of a truth, this is the prophet. So some of them are getting the message. But uh, there are others in verse 41. This is the Christ. But some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? Hath not the scripture said that the Christ come of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? So there's a division among the people because of him, and some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. So we're, we're, we're building up to this, that the Jews have a division, the Jews have people who want to do Jesus in, They're, the Jews have people who reject him, uh, the, the, the Jews are not accepting who Jesus is, and he's repeatedly explaining who he is, why he's here, where he comes from, what he's here for, and he's offering everlasting life. In verse 45, Then came the officers to the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they said unto them, Why have you not brought him? And the officers said, Never man spake like this man. They're impressed with his words. They're impressed with what he has to say. And uh, they're not going to lay hands on him yet. Then answered them the Pharisees, Are ye also deceived? Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? We don't know. We don't really know that the Pharisees have accepted Jesus. Uh, the the, it, it's interesting about that because, of course, the, the Pharisees, interestingly, were ruled by the Sanhedrin. So the, they, didn't, they weren't really running around on their own. The, the Sanhedrin was, was uh, rulers of the entire country over the Pharisees. The Pharisees held the law. The Sanhedrin made the rules. There were 71 uh, jurors or judges or members of the Sanhedrin at, the, at this particular time, and they actually implemented a ruling uh, over Jerusalem. They, they, the Sanhedrin uh, was over the Pharisees. The Sanhedrin could challenge a king. The Sanhedrin could expand the boundaries of Judea. The Sanhedrin could expand the boundaries of Jerusalem. They were immensely powerful. And um, uh, it, it's uh, interesting then that um, uh, in, uh, in verse 48, have the rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? But this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. And so we get Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is a member of the Sanhedrin. He is a Pharisee. He is a ruler. He is a leader. He's, he's coming for the third time. Um, we, we had Nicodemus coming to Jesus at night, uh, and um, he, uh, Jesus explained to him uh, in John 3 about being born again, 
And uh, this is one, one of three times that Nicodemus appears to us. Um, and because in John 19, we're going to discover that Nicodemus is the one who brings what we think was 100 pounds of spices to anoint Jesus with mira, mira and uh, aloes. But this, this third time that Nicodemus appears in the Gospel of John, Nicodemus says unto them, um, Doth our law judge any man before it hear him and know what he doeth? So Nicodemus is raising the question to the Pharisees, who are the holders of the law, Gee, in the law, you all are the holders of the law. You're supposed to hear charges. You're supposed to say what has been done, make charges, say what it is that the accused has supposedly done, and then allow the accused to respond to that. The accused gets to speak back. The accused gets to say um, uh, how they would respond to the charges. And in verse 52, they say, this is the Pharisees to Nicodemus, art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. So Nicodemus tries to take up for Jesus. He asks them, the rulers that are holding the law, um, uh, are we going to let him speak? Uh, are we going to... Uh, see what we've accused him of and let him respond to that. And um, every man then goes into his own house. So uh, in John 7, uh, we're finding out a whole lot more about who Jesus is. We're finding out a whole lot more about where the Pharisees are coming from. We're finding Jesus' reluctance to speak at the Feast of the Tabernacles, but midweek he goes up. He tells us who he is, why he's here. He offers eternal life, and he offers the living water. Anybody have thoughts, questions, comments? Yes. The, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll let everybody in the room help us with that, but, but the, the, the answer, of course, is their rejection. The, the Jews, to our understanding, are still looking for the Messiah, the, the, their long-sought expected Messiah, and so Jesus is really shaking their world up. He's, he's creating consternation and upheaval, and what, what government wants, what the Sanhedrin wants, what the Pharisees want, the Sadducees, the Jews want calmness, they want quiet among the people, they want acceptance, they want, they want to be in charge, and Jesus has uh, shaken their tree unbelievably, and particularly that he would offer uh, 
eternal life and faith to the world, to, to all who come. And um, it's, uh, of course, the, we're, we're looking at the transition from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the, the New Covenant. Um, but that's, that's, a, that's a great question is, uh, Jesus is a Jew, he's born a Jew, he's a teacher. Why in the world would they want to kill him? But his message is not one that the Pharisees want to hear uh, and, and probably scared them and probably didn't understand it and certainly didn't accept him. But y'all help us here. Any other comments on that? Didn't believe it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, other other comments on today's lesson? Yes. Well, you're making a profound point for us. Thank you. And for someone that may not have been able to hear in the back and whatnot, uh, what Nancy's telling us is that that we we're lumping all the Jews together, and uh, that probably what wasn't true then and it shouldn't be true today. Um, that lumping groups together is not a good thing. Um, and and we what what we tend to do is put is it use use a, an example of one behavior or one thought and then we put it off on an entire group of people so uh, uh, great point um, other thoughts or comments here on john today and there you go yeah Yeah, absolutely. Yes, thank you. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, it, it's uh, it's it's interesting about that because um, President Jimmy Carter 
attended his Bible study. I went to his Sunday school class at the Marantha Baptist Church when he was very actively teaching. And um, one of the points that he made that apply to what we're talking about in President Jimmy Carter's mind was that he separated those who believed in Jesus from those who did not believe in Jesus. And so in his teaching and in his mind, if you believe in Jesus, you can, you can be in the tent. You're, you're one of us. We, we know who you are. And if you do not believe in Jesus, uh, then, then we, uh, we don't accept you. So I've had three young men come crawling up to me on their knees saying, oh, please, can I marry your daughter? And three times I say, do you believe in Jesus? I'm serious as a heart attack. They're saying, oh, yeah. Oh, yes, we do. And so, um, but the, um, it's, it's, it's interesting about working with other faiths um, uh, and the, the face of the world and how we treat one another and how we love one another. And it's interesting here at Shades how many different groups come here to work, uh, not just uh, our larger and more common churches, but some of the smaller groups and denominations and groups that we wouldn't really think about. And um, uh, when I, an hour ago, I was out at uh, uh, the Harmony Mission and a Hindu dentist was hugging a lovely lady. Uh, Brenda's been out there recently and knows the Hindu dentist. The Hindu dentist was hugging a lady that had a Jesus shirt on and uh, just it, it touches your heart when you see people come together uh, and uh, do good works, all those who can come together and do good works. Um, other comments from the group, questions? The, uh, the, the, the wonderful thing about Bible study is it's interactive. Preaching is kind of one way, you know, you don't, you don't stop the preacher and say, what's going on here? <laughs> Uh, this, this is this is this is Bible study. We can we can we can share with each other. So, um, uh, do we have prayer requests today? Yes. Okay. All right. Other other prayer requests. Ashley. Okay. Oh my boy, it's scary, and we. Yes, absolutely. Others, yes. Okay. All right. Yes. Boy, that's big, and um, the. Uh, Yes, a double lung transplant. Yes. All right. Yes. Thank you. Yes, thank you all. Yes. Yes, Pastor Will. Randy Powers. 
Yes. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful you've brought us here on this beautiful day to this beautiful place. We're thankful for each one that's here, the ones that you have sent, the ones that have gathered in to hear your word from the Gospel of John. We're thankful for the Bible, the words that it teaches us, and the inspiration that it gives us, and that we can always go back to the Bible when other things have failed us. We pray, Heavenly Father, for each of these needs that have been expressed. You know how to reach. You know how to touch. You know who they are and where they are. You are the great physician, Heavenly Father, the great healer, the great solution to all of our earthly problems. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd bless the work here at Shades of Grace, each one who works here, each one who comes here. Heavenly Father, we pray that everyone who comes here would feel your love and feel included, that they can be comfortable here, that when they come through the door of Shades of Grace, they would feel your electricity, your presence, your love, your spirit, that we would come here and find the living water that would be in such an abundance that it would not only serve us, but give us enough for everybody an obligation, an opportunity to share the living water, to share eternal life with all those that we can reach out to. Heavenly Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for coming. Good to, good to see all of you.